You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Pine Cove Summer Camps for supporting Made for This. Pine Cove is a Christ-centered, life-changing investment in your child's future through a week of outdoor adventure and fun with a purpose. Check out pinecove.com and use the code JENNY250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. Out of my pain, I see others' pain. And because I have tasted freedom, I crave others' freedom. Out of our pain, we heal. Out of our bondage, we set free. We're pretty arrogant people, just by nature, like all of us. We just as humans, we are. I don't mean to act like you're extra arrogant. You probably struggle with all kinds of insecurities. I just mean we typically, if we're doing okay, even if the world's falling down around us, we aren't very sensitive. It is kind of the way we're built. We just are independent. We don't need anybody. We don't need anything. We're doing great until something comes crashing down. And in those moments, something about us becomes more tender. I think this is just human nature. It's the way we all are. Something about us becomes more tender. Something about us recognizes our need for God and other people. Take the suffering away. Take the dark parts away. And we are cruising through life. I remember as a young college student, I walked through a lot of difficulty and then I didn't. And I remember noticing that, that I I didn't crave God the way I had when I was so lonely and when I was walking through things that were so difficult. I didn't notice other people's pain as much when I wasn't in pain. Now, that's not to say that in the good times of life, we can't do that. (laughs) That should be disciplines that we all seek to, to exist living unselfish lives that that mourn with those who mourn and notice the people that are hurting and move towards them. But in general, we need God and we need others when we're needy and we hate being needy. (laughs) However, that storyline of being needy is actually not so bad. It actually is the way that we were designed to best function in our weakness. We are strong. We talked about that a few weeks ago, that this is a gift that we need God and we need other people. It is not a detour in our story. It is actually the story. (laughs) And I've told you this again and again, Pilgrim's Progress. You see it. You see Christian become a believer early in the story, and then you see him fall into pits and into difficult situations that are over and over again just mistakes or just realities of his journey that he has to go on. He has to go through these parts. Some of them are his own doing, and some of them are just on the path. Both are going to be part of our lives, right? We're we're all going to fall off and and cause our own harm (laughs) to our own selves through sin, through decisions we make, through selfishness, and then we're broken relationships or conflict. Or we're going to come across moments that we can't avoid. They They are sicknesses, weaknesses in our lives that we just can't miss. Guys, this is 
the story of life. This isn't some cosmic joke. This is a fallen world and a fallen body, bodies and humans that are still struggling with, even if we're saved and new creations with new hearts, we're still struggling against our flesh and we're still struggling against the prince of the world that hates us and is trying to derail us. So that's, you know, really great, great Tuesday morning for you. Great news. Yeah, it's all jacked up. So what does that mean? And what is the good in that? And is God playing some cosmic joke on us? No. In fact, in the difficult things, the the suffering and the difficult parts that we wish we could skip over, that is the story. (laughs) That is the part that God is going to use as we talked about a couple weeks ago. I say in the book, the messiest waste of our lives, the things we think, you know, I talk about composting that I've never wanted to do. I think it's disgusting. (laughs) Putting your old food out in your yard feels just repulsive. Sorry, all you really awesome humans out there that compost and make the world a better place. I'm not one of you. I, I don't want my dog poop and my banana peels hanging out in the corner of my yard. So I don't compost, but that really does make the most fertile soil. If you have a garden, you probably compost. And the reason why is because banana peels and poop make great soil and it makes things grow. And the same is true for all of us. The same is true for all of us, that things grow out of the waste of our lives, what feels like the messiest parts. The banana peels of your life actually makes great soil for good things to grow from. And I bet you, if you have a really messy life, that you haven't thought about that because you've probably discredited your life as something that is not usable by God. But the irony is, if you've read the Bible, it's such a complete poop show. I mean, it is just unbelievable all of the stuff that people went through. I mean, we're talking about Joseph in this time, and certainly he was a unique character in that he largely walked his life with a lot of integrity, and it was a difficult life. However, there were plenty of times he was arrogant and selfish and got himself in more trouble than he had to be in for God to accomplish his purposes. It's not like he was perfect either. But you look back at most of the figures of the Old Testament, the heroes of the faith, Abraham, David, you look back at their lives, Noah, you see a lot of huge mammoth mistakes. And you see a lot of difficulty that they are facing. See, God is not afraid to take us into the desert. In fact, He wasn't afraid to go into the desert. You see Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, choose to go into the desert. There's something about the desert that refines our life, that that causes our life to be more purified, to be more holy. So whether it's suffering that you've chosen because of sin, or whether it's suffering that is part of your story because it is God's allowance for it, right? I'm not saying he caused it, but I, I am saying he is powerful over it. He could have stopped it. So he's allowing it to happen in your life for purposes that we can't understand right now. I really believe, and I think about heaven probably more than the average human. I always have. It's just kind of the way God made me. I think about my day and I think about what's going to matter. And I just, I live in this kind of weird, awkward place like that. Basically thinking about death, that's the morbid part of it. But when I think about heaven, I think about what's going to matter there. I think we're going to get just a complete kick out of how short our lives were, how fleeting they were, and how much the suffering parts of it were worth it, and what the suffering parts did in the kingdom of God that we can't imagine here. We can't imagine. I remember my friend Sarah Henry that many of you know, she was a part of this book. If you're reading the book with us, 
I wrote a lot of it in the midst of her stroke. And, and yet since, in the 10 years since, in fact, I talked to her last night on FaceTime, in the 10 years since, her life has been hard. It has not gotten easier. Her speech is getting better all the time. She was saying words last night I've never heard her say. She was communicating better than she ever has, but it's still really limited. I mean, that's just a really hard life, just that one part, but there's other hard parts too. And so when I look at Sarah's life, the funnest part, and, and I remember when I wrote this book, she couldn't speak at all when the book was published a year after her stroke. And she just wanted me to read the parts that she was in. She wanted me to tell her again and again, the parts she was in. And she had her mom and dad read her the parts that she was in over and over again. Why? Because something about the darkest parts of her story, even though she was still living them, and she still is today, were hopeful to her that other people were going to be blessed by her life. That her dark parts could encourage you was so hopeful and helpful. I think that's true for all of us. We just want it to count. We want it to mean something. We want it to matter. And it does. It does. One of the stories I talk a lot about in this book as well, it is, it's one of my favorite movies. I loved Batman. Prior to Marvel, he was my favorite. Because, why? Because he kind of was a regular guy. And yet, he had a lot of money, okay? That was his one of his superpowers, kind of like Tony Stark. But he had a ton of money. But he actually began his whole superhero journey out of his weakness and fear. So he had fallen into a pit when he was a child and bats had swarmed him and he was terrified of bats. In fact, you know, it shows in the movie that he and his parents are, are in a play and something resembles a bat and he gets so scared that he runs outside and his parents follow him and that's when his parents are both killed right in front of him. And so he blames himself and all back to this fear of bats. And yet in the future, when he sees the evil happening around his city, he is so bothered and he wants to fight the evil that he sees. And what does he become? He actually puts on the thing he is most afraid of. He actually redeems the thing that had defined the dark parts of his life up until this point. And he becomes Batman, right? It, it's crazy. But but I think that, I know it's a funny analogy, but I think that's kind of how it's supposed to go, guys. Like that's the story we're supposed to live is the very things that we're afraid of, the very darkest parts, the things that we think have disqualified us and that we have dwelt on and have caused us, you know, fear and doubt and distance from people we love, those things are supposed to be the things that actually go and serve other people and cause the good that we're going to bring into the world. I am so pumped to have Pine Cove as a partner this season because Pine Cove is such a special place for me personally, and we cannot wait for you guys to hear about it. So if you don't remember from like season one and two, I was a Pine Cove summer camp counselor for two years in college, and it is just truly a special, special place that I have experienced firsthand, and we just love that Pine Cove is Christ-centered, others-focused, and seriously fun. Because summer after summer, every kid at camp hears the gospel, they see it lived out, and they have so many intentional and fun activities because the counselors don't just sit to the side. We stay involved, we dance alongside of them, we go crazy. Like there's something about that summer camp experience where everything is slower, simpler, no technology, kids can swim and play games and run and play and worship. And it truly could be a life-changing week in your child's life. 
Pine Cove is a Christian camp with over 50 years of experience. They have Christ-centered, others-focused, and seriously fun counselors. They have summer camps, family camps, all different kinds of things in Texas, Georgia, South Carolina. And this could be an awesome summer tradition for your kid at Pine Cove this summer. What a better way for your child to spend a week this summer hearing the gospel, spending time with college counselors that are investing in their life and truly just enjoying Jesus, being outside and having a blast. So check out pinecove.com and use the code Jenny250 for $250 off a first time overnight youth camp registration. And now back to Jenny. I know you're doubting me. I know you're doubting me because you've actually plotted your story. You've actually set out all the dark parts and you're sitting there looking at them and you're like, not me, not my parts. I see absolutely no possible way for these dark things to be used for good. Okay. If you are very close to them, in fact, I would say if you are in the middle of them, I want you to not even ask yourself these questions because sometimes we move too quickly to try to make our suffering mean something when ultimately when we are in the middle of suffering, God just wants us to be on his lap. He just wants to heal us. He is not asking you while you're bleeding out on a table to go evangelize the world with your difficulty. He's not. He wants to sew you up. He wants to heal you. He wants you to get to a place where it isn't terrifying and terrible any longer to look at those parts and to bring those parts to other people. It will always be scary, but you know the difference. When you're in the middle of it, I told my son the other day, when you're in the middle of it and you're still bleeding out, it feels so difficult to talk about. But there will come a time when that wound heals and has a scar and you can point to it and you can see it and you can say, hey, I see that, but it doesn't hurt anymore. And, and it's not gaping anymore. Now I'm a little embarrassed about it. I don't know if I want to show that to everybody yet, but, but I'm going to. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the diagnosis you got a month ago. We're not talking about necessarily the divorce that you're in the middle of or the sin that you just confessed last week to your small group. We're talking about the things that you look back over your life and you see as part of your journey. I'm gonna read to you another scripture, Romans 5, two through five. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Yeah, the fact that I think about heaven so much, it really does help with suffering. It really does help with disappointment here. Even in the last couple months, we've been walking through a pretty big, significant disappointment that has affected almost every part of our life right now. And we'll probably share about it at some point. But again, this is one of the things I'm in the middle of right now. It's been okay. I mean, it's been okay. And I think one of the reasons it's been okay is because last year, my husband was near death in his health. Like he walked through a situation that again, one day we will tell you more about. And when we got to this difficulty, it was like, hey, we're okay. You're alive. You're well. Our kids are alive. They're well. We're okay. We can go through this difficult thing. But also, even if it was a diagnosis, even if it was something that was his health or our kids, there's also a reality when we think of heaven and we think of where we're going and the perspective of that, that that gives us, we're okay. <laughs> even if the worst 
thing comes for us, we are okay because of the hope of heaven. Christy Knuckles, one of my best friends, she and I have walked together for a decade of ministry and life, and she writes a song. In fact, she and her husband released the song decades ago before I knew them. It was one of my favorite songs, though. It was, everything's all right, everything's all right. Do y'all remember this? It was Watermark or Nathan and Charlie. Everything's all right. Everything is all right. I'm sorry, I just did that to y'all. Everything, everything's all right. I literally think that's all they sang over and over again. I sing that to myself often. And I have fought pretty dang hard for her to re-release that. You can't go find it. We've tried. It just lives in my head. I've fought for her to release it. And she said, no, Jenny, like it's too dark. It's, it's not all right. And I'm like, you didn't sing that back then because everything was good. You sang that back then because you knew one day it would all be all right. And I think the world needs it now more than ever. And yes, Christy, I'm sending this to you and going to continue my very, very relentless pursuit for you to re-release this song into the world because everything is all right. Now, it is not all right today, but we know that it will be all right one day. Four reasons God allows suffering. Number one, Jesus is best known through suffering. Number two, we grow up, we get stronger. Number three, it makes us hurt for heaven and long for heaven. And the more we want heaven, the more dangerous we get on earth. And the more heaven gets real to us, the, the less this life has to work out just right. And number four, our lives leave a mark. I don't trust people that haven't suffered, guys. I just don't. <laughs> that's you, it's okay. Choose some suffering somewhere. I, I'm just telling you, I trust the people that have suffered, that have walked through the valley and come back out of it and said, God's good in it. God's good in it. I just don't relate to the other people. I just don't, I don't, I don't get them. <laughs> I don't, I don't relate. I find suffering finds me on a regular basis. And I'm glad. I mean, some days, most days I am glad because I want to be someone who believes and trusts God, and I'm not sure I would otherwise. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He's the greatest superhero of all time. All of the superheroes apparently can die. There's movies about that and disappear. And yet we have and serve the only one that can't, the only one that did and rose from the grave. This is the story we are a part of. And because of his story, because of God's power and what God has done, because of God's story, our story makes sense. Our story matters. Our story means something. Here's what I want you to do. If you're still looking at your moments and you're thinking, I can't make sense of these, they don't seem to make sense. I can't, in my little imagination, think of why this could help someone else. I want you not to just look at the hard, but I want you to look underneath the hard and I want you to ask yourself the question, why was it hard? Because for you, many of you may have lost a parent. Many of you may have lost a child or spouse. For you, why that was so hard might be different than someone else that has the exact same story. And I want you to understand that part of the way you're made and part of the reason it was hard is relatable to other people. And everyone, whether they've lost someone or not, can relate to that the reason this is hard is because my house feels lonely now. The reason this is hard is because my mom was a safety net for me. 
everybody can relate to you, you losing safety nets or, or feeling like their house feels too quiet or is lonely. This is the way that we, we end up taking our parts that feel really unique and special and like nobody else could relate to this and, and helping other people find themselves in our stories. And when they find themselves in their stories, if we are people of hope, like Romans 5 talks about, we are people that, that don't let our suffering consume us, but we are consumed by God in our suffering. That is something that the world needs. It's something that the world is craving and we get to give that away. Hey guys, it's Chloe. Did you know that Jenny wrote a set of children's books? The Story of God five book set tells God's story from creation to heaven, and it's written in a way that is engaging for little minds. So you can give the kids in your life a huge, fun, and personal understanding of Jesus and his plans for them. We wanna help you add these books to your collection this Easter, maybe put them in Easter baskets this year. So now through April 6th, you can save over 25% on the Story of God box set at theolaby.com. That's theolaby, T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. You can also find it on Amazon. You guys, I'm telling you, these books are special. What a great way to celebrate Easter by walking through the entire story of God with the kids in your life today. Thanks again for listening today, you guys. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.